Welcome to A Little Marketing with Nikki and Mark and Phil, a podcast where marketers discuss marketing and the small moves that make a big difference. A Little Marketing is a collaboration between Blue Whale Communications in Kelowna and 1020 Marketing in Montreal. Have a question or topic suggestion? Email Nikki at Nikki at BlueWhaleCommunications.ca. Look for A Little Marketing on YouTube and coming soon to your favorite podcasting platforms. Subscribe, like, and share. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Really good. Just got back from, we had a long weekend here in BC, so went yeah, camping yeah. and had a nice relaxing weekend. Couldn't, couldn't be you're, better. You're very lucky because you had a long weekend. We didn't here in Quebec. The yeah. only place on earth that didn't have a long weekend. Yeah, I don't know why, but I'm not going to complain because we had it. So I took Friday off, made it an extra long weekend and nice. yeah, it was good. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Uh, so listen, we were batting around ideas and, and I sent you, I think while you were camping, I mm -hmm. sent you an article that I saw on, uh, I think it was the CBC uh, website about how people were like completely freaking out over the last couple of weeks about how Instagram is now becoming like TikTok and TikTok is, you know, the, the concept of TikTok is, is taking over. So I think we wanted to have a discussion today about diversifying your marketing strategy. Yeah, you're right. There has been a huge uproar. Um, and I think it makes sense from like an Instagram business perspective. They're trying to stay relevant with the younger generations who are using the platform um, and business owners aren't loving the updates. So I think you're right. Like it's a really good time and a good reminder that as a business owner, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, your newsletter, your blog, whatever it might be, um, wherever your focus is, it's important to, like you said, diversify that. So why don't you give a little bit of context about what's going on? What I read was more specific to, you know, video taking over mm -hmm. on platforms. Like I, I, I know it's funny because my wife is on Facebook a lot more. I use, I look at TikTok more of a sort of a lurker. I don't know if that's the right word, but mm -hmm. I kind of just watch content. I don't produce any content. Mm -hmm. And my wife, she's looking at the reels on Facebook and saying, I don't know if I'm looking at Facebook content or if I'm seeing TikTok on Facebook, but it's all very much the same. And Instagram is now a part of this where everybody is just, it's a copycat environment. So mm -hmm. if you can give some context there. Totally. Well, like I think going back, Instagram has always been trying to stay relevant, right? They introduced Instagram stories way back in 2016. And that was a pull from Snapchat. Um, you know, the 24 hour post a story and it disappears and people loved that. And then as marketing and like marketing across the board, video always performs better. So Instagram started allowing people to post videos, video started getting more views and they see this. And of course they're going to now push video because that's where people are engaging the most and they want people to stay on their app. Um, they started, they introduced Instagram reels and what was happening was people were downloading their TikTok videos and repurposing them to Instagram reels. And so Instagram actually came out and said, anything with the TikTok, uh, watermark on it, isn't going to do as well. Like they want you to be putting They're your own original it. content out. Yeah. Um, so all this is happening. Video is getting more and more popular on Instagram. And I think business owners in general are just more frustrated with the pressure. I think it is to post videos. And so what happened last week, kind of the catalyst of everything was 
Instagram started testing full screen uh, layouts. So it looks a lot like TikTok when you're in the app. And I think that was really what people were saying. Like, this is too much. Like, I don't like this. I don't like how it looks. I don't like the experience anymore. And then the Kardashians came out and said that they don't like it. And then a day later, it was kiboshed and no more. So That's what it it happened that fast. So that's interesting because I read that I think it was one of the Jenners who came out and said, Instagram, can't you just be Instagram, right? Yeah. And, you know, the article that we read was about, you know, business owners reacting to those changes of, you know, the pressure of video, not everybody responds to video, they don't believe that video might be the right solution for their business. So let's go back and talk about this from a business perspective and the impact on business owners. And I don't think we just want to talk about, you know, uh, Instagram and its relationship within this video ecosystem, we want to talk about you know, being in the right place for you, but also making sure that you're diversified. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that I took out of the whole last week uh, with this Instagram news is that like, if you don't like the platform, regardless of what it is, there are so many other options available to you as a business owner. Like just because Instagram feels like the hot the hot place to be and it's quickly being replaced by TikTok doesn't mean you have to be there as a business owner, right? Right. And and like and that goes for YouTube. Again, if you don't like the pressures of having to create video content, you don't have to be on YouTube. I think it's important to ask yourself uh like where is my audience, but also where do I enjoy showing up? Because showing up and engaging is an important part of that to build that trust with your audience. And then how can I diversify? How can I be on more than just one platform? Because what if YouTube shuts down tomorrow or Instagram shuts down tomorrow? Like you need to have, you need to have a backup plan. Yeah. So there's a few things in there that I want to elaborate on and have your, your thoughts on. So I know that when we do work and we work together, we say, you know, we want to have 12 posts a month on average, let's say, mm-hmm. that go out to four different networks and we mm-hmm. tweak them to, to be network specific, right? Mm-hmm. So what, the, it's really important to be where your audience is, right? So mm-hmm. on one hand, what if your audience is only on one channel, right? But so what's the point of being elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Well, I think there is value for sure. I want to get your perspective on that. And, and and then in just in general, like we're producing this content and, you know, we're tweaking it, but are we making network specific content? Mm-hmm. You know, so like, what are your thoughts on those two things? Yeah. So as far as being uh, like where your audience is and, Um, like writing for that platform. I think that's really important, but I think a big misconception is that our audience, I think we forget that our audience when we're talking about business owners and especially in the B2B industry, business to business, we forget that our audience goes home at the end of the day. And they're also people, not just VPs or CEOs or business owners, whatever the case might be. So they might log into LinkedIn, for example, looking for business connections, but at the end of the day, they're probably going home and looking at Facebook or funny videos on TikTok. Like you just said, like you're a lurker yeah, on TikTok, people. right? Yeah. 
So you, you are somebody's target audience and they might think I'm going to reach him on LinkedIn because he's a business owner, but you are on TikTok. You will see them there as well. Right. So exactly. I think that's a huge mistake that a lot of people make is that they forget that their audience is also like their personal, real human beings at the end of the day. Right. So I don't think an audience is ever only on one platform. And then to the second, that's a great point, by the way, like, I, I think people do get stuck in the belief that, hey, we're speaking to professionals and professionals live here. Well, professionals are also regular Joes. Yeah, 100%. And if for some reason your audience is only on Instagram and Instagram shuts down tomorrow, you lose that, but your audience has lost that platform as well. So they're going to move on to the next place that they can to get whatever it was they were getting from Instagram. So I think when you understand your audience well, if that happens, then you know, okay, they're going to TikTok next. And then you have to kind of pivot your strategy to move to TikTok. Whereas like we're talking about diversifying your strategy, if you've already been on TikTok or at least repurposing your content onto TikTok, you don't have to start from scratch. You've already been kind of building that platform. Right, 100%. And I think there's other ways to think about how to diversify your marketing that don't have to do with social media channels specifically, totally. right? Like I think the Holy grail, if you know what you're doing is to get somebody to allow you to reach them in their inbox. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm not saying that's the be all and end all for everyone, but if you're getting an opt-in and somebody raises their hand and says, yes, communicate with me and you're allowed to send them an email that could quite possibly be more powerful than anything right? Whether you're talking about retention or acquisition. Totally. Well, we know that Instagram marketing has a higher ROI than social media. Like it's definitely, it's further down that marketing funnel. People are more engaged. Like you said, they've raised their hand and said, yes, contact me. Tell me about your business. Let me know what you're doing. Instagram Um, you're saying? No, sorry. Email. Email. Email Email is better than social media. Right. Um, So yes, you're right. Like that whole I always tell people if, even if you have no newsletter strategy yet, and you have no idea what you think you would say, start collecting email addresses because you're going, you, you should have a strategy. And when you put one in place, then you have like a bank to start working with bank of contacts to start working with. Yeah. It's so interesting because in some ways I find that, uh, email could be tacked on, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, do an acquisition, an email acquisition campaign, get that list built. um, And then, and then, uh, you know, communicate with these, you know, opt-ins through email, but also in some ways, especially the more specific you want the action to be Mm -hmm. from the email, the more you might need a specialist in email, you know, communications to handle that for you. Mm Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I think like email strategy can like there's stages to it, right? Like yeah, it can vary wildly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like just getting something out so you're like in inboxes and being top of mind versus you know breaking everyone in your list into categories and sending out multiple emails to different people who've had different interests. Like it gets more and more complicated. But I think the important thing is to sort of like to start. So that you have email as part of your marketing strategy as one of those, you know, channels. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And there's also 
There's also another way that you can diversify as well, which is to be ready for search, right? Totally. And I think that's a huge one that people don't realize because setting up a Google business listing initially is, well, it's free and it's initially relatively simple, like to get started. Um, and it, it makes a big impact on your search results, yeah, right? And it, and it can, but there, there, to me, there are three different ways that you could prepare to be intercepted via, you know, intercept searches, right? There's, there's using the listing strategy, which mm -hmm. we've talked about in episode two, mm -hmm. there's paid search advertising so that you could, you know, you know, you know, jump the line and attract people to click through to a landing page or whatever your goal is, call you, uh, send an email, whatever it might be. But there's also the long sort of uh, the long, you know, play of, you know, setting your website up to be ranked better through, you know, content marketing so that you can appeal to, you know, organic searchers as well. Right. So it's not just about listings per se. There's there's there are three very distinct directions that you can take to make sure that you're diversified within search, which mm -hmm. is already diversifying from social media and content marketing and, and, and. Right. Yeah. I think the, um, well, the SEO is like your, the third piece. That's what you're referring to, right? SEO. A hundred percent. But, mm -hmm. but to me, there's, there's a, there's a way of thinking about it. Like if you're a startup or your, your website is new, uh, you, you really have to invest in the time to allow your site to accumulate uh, you know, Google juice, you know, search engine mm -hmm. uh, to become optimized for search engines. That's, that's a long game plan. That's, you need to have patience for that. So often, like what you see companies doing or small businesses doing is they'll make an investment, even a, a little bit of budget to be able to be present on paid search. Mm -hmm. So while they're waiting for their site to index on the keywords that they want to rank for, you know, they're paying to intercept those clients, uh, you know, through search ads. Right. And those those ads can be an effective driver of traffic and conversions on their website, you know, before organic comes. And then when the organic traffic starts to flow in, you can adjust your paid budget to reflect, you know, what you can handle, you know, as a incoming, uh, you know, the leads that are incoming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. For sure. Yeah, I think so. Go ahead. No, no, please go. I was going, I was going to change the subject slightly. So I'll yeah, go you... ahead. That's fine. So I was going to say, I think the search presence, like you said, is another aspect. And you mentioned setting up your website to kind of help with that. And I'm, your blog is a big part of that, right? That helps with that. that. And right. it's almost a separate again, channel of marketing, right? Like your blog can be a marketing channel, but it builds into the search channels as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, your, your blog to me is also two things. One, it's a way to appeal to the search engines to rank on keywords that, you know, you want to, you want to appeal to the search engines for without manipulating the rest of your website all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's also a way of marketing your business or, or, you know, a key person at your business. And for a small business owner, that's, that's that person, the owner, mm -hmm. right. As a, as a thought leader within there and social too, right. That's a social, you know, content marketing strategy. You know, I had a call this morning with a potential, 
uh, you know, prospect. And I was saying to her that you're you're the right kind of person to to lead content that transcends your business, right? To mm -hmm. own a space for marketing within your niche, right? Mm -hmm. So that people can look at you and say, yeah, I I believe that that person is synonymous with this industry, mm -hmm. and that itself will likely generate you know opportunities for her and her business. Totally. And I think maybe now is a good time too to mention that like we're talking about content marketing and a lot of different channels and places where you can like be present and optimize and putting out organic or paid content. But a lot of that can be repurposed, right? You don't have to start from scratch, reinvent the wheel every time you sit down to create content. So you can take your newsletter and turn it into a blog post or turn it into five different social media posts. Like it doesn't have to be super complicated and super time consuming to have a diverse strategy if you're smart about how you repurpose your content. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, I like the example that you're using, but I'll use, you know, your blog post as an example, right? Like, mm -hmm. you can have a, an excellent, you know, 700 word blog post that really uh, explores your point of view on a certain subject or, you know, an opinion on something. And then, and then, write expand on that opinion so that when they're reading when they're reading a social media post that links to the blog post it doesn't have to be just repurposing what you wrote in the blog post it could be you know your personal pov on why you wrote it right mm -hmm. so it gives somebody else you know a little bit of a incentive to so oh i've got i've got this understanding of why and now let me go see the what kind of thing yeah exactly i love that and I think it's so important to use like channels to refer to each other, right? So from whatever social media platform to send people to your blog on your website. Now you're getting more website traffic yeah. and you're you're building up that, you know, funnel or that angle as well. Right. And I think diversification is also not just about your business being on different channels. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because like you said, if Instagram changed their algorithm or shut down tomorrow, you don't want to just be, you know, dead and totally silent on social right now, right? Mm -hmm. But on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook and other 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 medias, you can create, you can diversify within each one of those, right? You can have your company page and you can have your personal page. And if if this is an interesting strategy for that business owner, the idea would be, yeah, post to your company page, but use your personal page to expand on what you've posted there, right? Absolutely. Because often, and, and we see this all the time on LinkedIn, and, and LinkedIn is a good example because it's a professional network, right? So it would make sense to do, do it this way. But often your personal reach could be a little bit more engaged in you than the followers of your company, right? Especially for a startup who might have uh, trouble or, you know, not, not trouble, but like... Um, you know, challenges building up their audience for their company page, but the owner could be a superstar and well-known and already have thousands of people that they can reach on LinkedIn. So totally. take advantage of diversifying your, your, your presence for your thought leadership, for your company within those networks themselves. Totally. Especially today where it is harder to build your presence 
five, six, 10 years ago, it was so easy to get, you know, 10,000 followers on Instagram, but that's not right. the case anymore. There are so many users who are looking for right. different things. And if, like you said, you can diversify your presence and share, you can share the same content topic, but like you said, from different viewpoints or the, the why and the what sort of thing. And like you're reaching different audiences, but with the same, sure same end, end goal or yeah. Yeah, 100%. But let me ask you a question. Okay, we're talking about diversification. Mm -hmm. and, and we're talking about mostly smaller to medium sized business owners, marketing departments, whatever. Okay. Now let me throw a curveball at you and say, Okay, great, Nikki, it's wonderful to diversify. But I only have time to manage, like, one, maybe two networks, like, I, I know that it could, you know, as business owners ourselves, yeah, it could get too too much to keep an eye on, to moderate, to respond to everybody. Mm -hmm. So, what what's the what's the rebuttal to that sort of position that uh, you know somebody might say to you as as they look for advice? Totally, I think it's important, like we said earlier, figure out where your audience is. But the number two is where do you like to be? And I said that earlier too, because you have to be engaging. You have to be leaving comments and responding to comments and interacting with people. So if logging into LinkedIn every day feels like a huge burden or like a task that you don't want to do. That's probably not going to be the channel that you want to focus on because you're not going to get the momentum that you need to really grow. Like you'll see results from being there, but not the same as if you were in there active every day. Right. Um, right. It's no, like I get the majority of my leads from Instagram and that's not a, it's not a fluke. I like Instagram. So I'm right. an Instagram like yeah, in my you're off really time, good just, at Instagram. Yeah. It's just where I go when I pick out my phone and log into social. It's Instagram. So it's not a surprise. Right. That's where my leads come from. And the same usually happens when I have clients who say, you know, LinkedIn has always been my top producing channel. And it's because you spend all of your time and energy on LinkedIn. So I think that's like if you have time to do one or two channels or platforms choose ones that you like being on and right. make that your real focus, but repurpose your content on other ones so right. that you still build a bit of a presence. You're not, you know, silent completely on those places in case you need to rely on them one day, but also because like we were talking again, your audience is everywhere. So you might love Instagram, but they might not. But if you're on LinkedIn, at least you're seeing your content there. Right. So you're getting a little bit of the best of both worlds, but yeah. I think that engagement piece is so important. Like you have to factor that into your strategy. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting point is be where you enjoy being because then it'll show. And exactly. if it shows you look more genuine, you look more happy. You look like somebody that other people will want to do business with as well. Exactly. So yeah, I think that's great. Totally. And I then think, if you're doing all these things and you're still overwhelmed, then you start looking at outsourcing, right? Like, okay, yeah. I can post on Instagram, but I don't have time to write a blog every other week. So that gets outsourced or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Piece by piece, little by little. Little by little. Yeah. And then you can yeah, build on I that. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, any concluding thoughts? I think, I think we've covered it. I think this was a really great chat. I, yeah, I think it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to really like not to you know, 
keep using the same word, but to diversify your strategy. Like, I think it's really important and it gets lost a lot. I think today, especially in the online world, people kind of pick out pick an area and stick there, but I don't think that's a good long-term strategy. So, well, I think people tend to fall in love with something, whether it's what they're doing, their outputs, the the environment that they're most comfortable with, and then Mm -hmm. sort of keep blinders on for, you know, what else is out there and what else can generate results for them. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Great. Okay, cool. Amazing. Why don't you tell us about what we're going to talk about next week? Yeah, I'm actually really excited about our next uh, episode. Uh, We're bringing on a guest, an old friend of mine from my summer camp days, who runs a company uh, related to corporate benefits and planning and wellness. Mm -hmm. And we're going to bring her on. Her name is uh, Pascal Mapleston. She's going to come on and we're going to talk about how you know, having the proper employee programs in place is really good marketing tool for, you know, uh, act, you know, um, recruiting and for retention of employees. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, there we talk about all these little bits of marketing, but really everything is marketing. And, and that's a big part of it. If you're running a business of a certain size. Totally. Yeah. Looking forward yeah. to chatting with her. I think that's yeah. going to be really interesting. And she's super fun and cool and and she really knows her stuff. So it'll be fun to have her on. Amazing. Sounds great. Great. Okay, perfect. So uh, we will see you next time. Yes. See you next time. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Nikki. Bye. Bye.